sit down, I'll listen, wait, relax my dudes, it's not too late to join in with these awesome fans, marble at there. Some chips and OC picks and meat to meet the best girl queen, a hydrant squad that just won't wait to go It's a podcast. It's also a gun. Hey guys, welcome to the Geekening Podcast. Today I'm joined by a very special guest. I'm joined by game developer Anthony Cloudy to talk to us about new game we worked on, Drag and Drop. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, the pleasure is mine, Anthony. So tell us a bit more about yourself. Like you mentioned, I'm, my name is Anthony Cloudy. I'm 27. I have been working in the games industry for probably about, if I was going to guess, between five and seven years, I think. <laughs> I should have pulled up my resume. But yeah, no, so I've been working in the games industry for about seven years. I started off working for a small indie studio called Fractal Fox, made a bunch of mobile games, and then now uh, I work at Minecraft, and I'm soon going to be quitting to go and do my own indie game experience. Woo! <laughs> so that's what Drag and Drop is, and that's what I've been working on. I graduated from SMU Guildhall and got my master's in game development, programming specialty. So That's impressive. Thank you. <laughs> and what inspired you to work on Drag and Drop? Yeah, honestly, I really love a lot of the feel that N64 and like GameCube era titles, you know, like PS1, PS2, like feel. And I noticed that like as time marched on, a lot of like AAA titles kind of lost a lot of that charm. And so I was actually playing uh, Kirby 64 and was playing the minigame in there, Checkerboard Chase. And I was like, hey, I can, I could do this, but, but you know, I don't want to say the word better, but, you know, like, obviously I would have more dev time and resources, but, you know, because they were just trying to make one small part of game, part of a game, but I really just wanted to go and challenge myself and kind of dust myself off and, and, you know, get back into making my own experiences. And so just that, that drive to create stuff that people played together on their couch and, you know, got to be with their friends and, and you know, spend that time together. That was what I really wanted to bring out with this game. <laughs> and can you tell us a bit more about the gameplay of Dragon Drop? Yeah, absolutely. So everyone goes and starts by customizing their own little dragon. There's like 80 colors. <laughs> We've been hard at work on making a lot of them. You put a little hat on them. And so the idea is that you take your cute little customized dragon and you spawn in a stage uh, no bigger than 8x8 eight eight blocks. And so what you're doing is you move around the stage and whenever you push the A button, you breathe fire. And that fire travels along the row of the stage and drops a row of blocks. 
And the idea is that you're trying to drop the blocks out from underneath your opponents while trying to stay on the platform. And so for right now, it's just that simple game loop. But, you know, hoping to spend the next year polishing that out and making it a full-fledged party game. Really excited for that. What's your favorite party game? It's gotta be Smash Bros. <laughs> Super Smash Bros. is just so good. There's so much that's done right about it. And I, I say this as like I as like a you know some people would claim that I, I like to have no fun with Smash in the sense that I like play with no items and try and do, you know, duels with friends. But I really think that it's just a crazy accessible and intuitive fighting game. And the idea of like making a fighting game for the party market is just insane. But the idea that, you know, you you're able to kind of like intuitively attack in the direction that you're holding the control stick stuff like that makes it a really good party game all of the polish and flair that goes into every single match That's it's a real masterwork <laughs> is that why you want to make drag and drop a party game yes part of because of how much of an impact smash has had on my life smash has really like done a lot of awesome things in my social life being able to play with other people get to know people through a fighting game you know you wouldn't you wouldn't normally anticipate that like beating up your friends in a virtual space would make you grow closer to them but for some reason it, it really ties a lot of things together and you can form so many you know closer relationships with people that you love and so that's really why i wanted to make a party game and why i wanted to make drag and drop being this kind of uniting experience that i had readily available growing up but i know that you know like couch co-op uh it's quote-unquote dead to some people but it's like you know i want to i want to bring that back because that you know shared experience that we can all enjoy is huge i think you studied game development in college mm -hmm. so your life clearly revolves around video games yes <laughs> what's, what's the difference between studying game development and doing game development in real life Yeah, this is a great question. So like any sort of academic subject, you can definitely like rabbit hole in on like, you know, what is theory? What is like, how do these things work? And like, but I really think that most of what I experienced was just having an environment to learn these sorts of things in a controlled space with like other folks, you know, and like mentors. And so when I think about like, learning game development as like like from a school you are getting like a lot of help to like get yourself you know off the ground going and learning you know like best practices best techniques from you know industry experts but i think that ultimately it ends up being a lot of the the same stuff that you're looking for in a game development on a game development team or making your own indie games or doing game jams a lot of it ends up being very interconnected And so there were things I learned in school that, you know, ended up being like more theoretical discussion, like, you know, what is a game? What is a toy versus a game? You know, is Minecraft a game or a toy? And then we like, that lecture uh, was a little bit unbearable sitting there uh, back and forth for like three hours, just debating what is a game. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> you know, it's, it's fun. Just if it's fun, it's a game. Come on, let's go. <laughs> But you also got to do a lot of just exploring different things. So I would just say that there's a lot of like exploratory nature from that sort of like a program. And so I think that like 
those studies in game design and game development helped me to better understand what made games good and why those things, you know, like those things, like figuring out like what impacts those things had on players. And then with that as a background, when you start making games or when you're making games, you're able to draw on those experiences from your studies and kind of figure out like, you know, what, what worked, what didn't. So yeah, like I, I, I had like a whole thesis project that I like wrote all this crazy stuff about, you know, the game that I was making and like why I was doing it and like pointing at other games and being like, all right, well, this, this mechanic worked really well over here. And this game had another great mechanic. And I think that fusing these two together will make something unique. So I think it's just, you know, another tool in your game development toolkit. If you learn to like analyze that stuff or if you just consume content like that, I think it just helps enrich the kind of games that you make overall. And what made you interested in studying game development in first place? Picking up Pokemon on the Game Boy at like five years old. <laughs> From that moment, I knew that I really wanted to do this for my career. That this was like, like my entire life, I was just like, all right, uh, whatever this is, I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So like my, my whole life has just been kind of working towards that goal of like, all right, well, I just want to make games. So like, what does that, what does that entail? I did do a bit of, you know, early, early, uh, like, game development, like, well, it was more like I had some early programming classes in, like, third grade or something. You know, I was able to, I was fortunate enough that that was something that was, like, offered at, like, community college as, like, a summer camp. And by learning that, I was like, all right, cool, programming's neat. And then finally, when it came time to be, like, in high school and stuff, there was a computer science program, and I was able to go into that, and then kind of the rest is history going through computer science and then eventually going to pass my undergraduate degree in CS and going on to, you know, get game development stuff. And so, yeah, it's just been, it's just been one thing after another, just trying to bite on the leg of game development and not let go, you know, (laughs) just be like, yeah. (laughs) Is the only career path available to CS majors game development? No. So CS, which for anybody who doesn't know, stands for computer science. That ends up being this like kind of just wide field of everything associated with learning computer programming. Depending on if you go to a more academic school, you'll end up learning more theory and kind of like what are the kinds of p- problems that computers can solve. And you know, really, it's 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 half like understanding logic and problem solving at a fundamental level, and then half figuring out how to talk with computers and you know doing that interfacing. And so it's not the only career path out of it. I definitely think that getting computer science education helps a lot for game development if you want to be a programmer. However, it's not the only path. Some of the greatest engineers that I've worked with in Minecraft and outside of Minecraft never had college degrees. They just went on forums, BBSs, and like just tried their best to learn, you know, doing game jams, doing all sorts of stuff, and they learned the tools themselves that they needed to be able to succeed in the industry. So really there's not like any one path that I would say is like the best way into game development. I think there's a ton and there's just, you know, we're kind of in like this golden age of game development where all of the tools, you know, the engines that we need to be able to build games are just so much easier, so much easier to access, um, so much easier to use. Um, it's, it's great. <laughs> so I'm, 
you know, the indie season has just been exploding, and it's just great to see all the the crazy amounts of just awesome games on itch.io and Steam and stuff like that. Really loving it. I knew a lot of CS majors when I was in college, mm-hmm. and like all of them wanted to get into game development. Is it mm-hmm. a popular field these days? <laughs> yeah, at least it was popular when I was going through. Granted, now with like at least with all like the um, content creators, I know that like being a VTuber and being you know YouTuber streamer is like probably more popular for like younger kids. But I definitely think that a lot of people with computer science degrees or who are trying to get computer science degrees at least see the allure of game development. So I definitely think it's like one of those things that like yeah they they're pretty easy to go hand in hand. <laughs> Back to drag and drop. So, would you create any sequels to this game in the future? Yes and no. So, I'm going to be what I have out right now is just the alpha. So, this is just my first year of work on the game, doing it in my spare time and stuff like that. Like I mentioned, I'm quitting my day job at Minecraft <laughs> in order to actually, the crazy part is I'm moving to Japan just to, <laughs> you know, get a little bit of fresh perspective, learn Japanese, and then spend my time doing drag and drop so i'm planning to put at least another year of work into it trying to bring in all sorts of stuff like getting it on phones um like i mentioned earlier flushing it out to be like a more full-fledged party game with you know items events all sorts of stuff that would like make it so that's just easier to keep playing and playing with you know a lot of variety and randomness yeah and hoping to have online networked multiplayer stuff like that so that's most of what I'm thinking for in regards to like the quote unquote sequel to drag and drop is just bringing it to what I feel is worthy of like the 1.0 mark. However, I do have plans for another game afterwards. I had made a game for my thesis called all star. And I think it's still really fun, but I made it in my own engine. So it's, you know, it's a lot of work to take that engine and get it to run on any other platform. So I'm eventually going to go and remake it in Unity and go and try and like, you know, expand and make more fun couch multiplayer games for people to play together. Do you have to create your own engine to create your own video game? No, you don't. And just also for folks at home who don't know, engines are specifically the piece of software that is sits between the device that you're on and the game, right? Because, you know, if I'm writing a game, it's kind of difficult for me to go and say, all right, if I want to draw, you know, a cow at this location, you know, something has to break that down into a bunch of vertexes and a bunch of textures and unwrap all of that and then send all that data to the GPU and be like, oh, go draw this thing. There's a lot of problems that you want to solve at some level in between the hardware that you're on and the game. So the game just says, hey, draw some goblins here. And, you know, you're just loading in textures and stuff like that. You're not having to worry too much. I think learning how to make your own engine is really, really valuable if you want to work in AAA games, because that kind of experience gives you, you know, a wide variety of understanding of the problems that you could be thrown onto in a, you know, huge game development team. However, like I said, it's not the only way. I'm personally using Unity now because even though I built my own engine, it took, you know, you know, a year or two of development in school on my engine and I still don't like it. Like it's not enough. <laughs> it's hard to do things that you would normally want to do in an engine. 
And while I do know it very deeply and intimately, trying to get it on a mobile phone or an Xbox or something would be just a Herculean amount of work. So you don't have to write your own engines to make your own games. And if you're just, you know, looking to like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend writing an engine unless that was something that you were interested in learning about those problems or something like that. Um, Cause it is just a lot of work. It's definitely valuable to learn from, but just <laughs> it's, it's something I wouldn't say to take on lightly. I had a friend who was a computer engineering major, mm-hmm. so it's kind of different from computer science. He mm-hmm. wanted to create his own engine. Yeah, how'd it go? I think it was a lot of work for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's 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 having to write everything. You have to you have to solve every single problem that you ever could have. You know, everything from figuring out where your controllers are you know getting input from and reading the input from the controllers and doing any sort of like buffering or anything like that updating the game drawing the game all sorts of problems but it's definitely a fun experience if again if you're interested in those sorts of problems you can learn a whole heck of a lot from it what's next for you so i'm going to be moving to japan basically as soon as the country opens yeah i've been waiting for a little bit (laughs) but so right now I'm focusing on starting Japanese class, learning more Japanese, preparing for my move. And then in the meantime, and while I'm in Japan, like I said, I'm just going to work on drag and drop. I'm going to go make it shine. I think if you play our alpha, it has something that's you know really special so far. And hopefully you can see the potential that the game has. And you know I hope it's it's just as fun to play with. Uh, your friends and brings back some of that that feeling that you might have had growing up getting to play those those couch multiplayer games and being able to you know spend time with folks that you love just really want to bring that feeling back (laughs) well thanks for joining us and good luck with your move to japan yeah thank you so much it's been a pleasure dahlia if you want to listen to more compelling podcasts you know what to do head to allagesofgeek.com but for now we're signing off